Welcome back to another episode of GEMS Podcast with Genesis Amaris Kemp, where the core pillars are to educate, inspire, and motivate. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this segment. Hey, and welcome back to another segment here on GEMS Podcast. With me in the hot seat is a special guest by the name of Paige Arnoff Fenn. And let me tell you a little bit more about Paige so you know who you're going to be hearing from. Paige Arnoff Fenn is the founder and CEO of global branding and digital marketing firm Mavins and Moguls based in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Her clients include Microsoft, Virgin, the New York Times Company, Colgate, venture back startups, as well as nonprofit organizations. She graduated from Stanford University and Harvard Business School. Paige sits on several boards, y'all, is a popular speaker and columnist who has written for Entrepreneur and Forbes. And today we're going to be talking about personal branding in the digital age. But before we dive in, let's welcome the woman behind it all, Paige Arnoff Ben. Thank you so much, Genesis. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me today. My pleasure, Paige. And before we dive into your subject matter expertise, I want to give the audience a chance to connect with you in a fun and personal way. And I like to do that one or two ways. We could either break the ice or play a rapid fire 10 question game. What are you in the mood for? Oh, goodness. I could go either way. Um Maybe rapid fire, go for it. Why not? <laughs> Okie dokie. So we're playing rapid fire with Paige and Genesis. Do, 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 do. Question number one. If you could have any superpower, what would it be? I would love to be able to speak every language fluently like a native. Question two. You just hit the lottery. Cha-ching. However, in order to get all of your proceeds, you must donate to three charities of your choice. What charities are you donating to? Wow, there are so many great causes out there, and there are so many people that need help today. It's a great question. Um, I would probably give to Doctors Without Borders because I feel like they do great work around the world. Um, Wow. Um, so I, I originally am from Tennessee and uh, St. Jude's Children's Hospital is there and they help children with diseases from all over the world and they don't charge the families anything um, and they do such great work. So I'd probably give part of it to St. Jude's um, and then it would be kind of a toss up. Wow. Um, the Red Cross or maybe like NPR that keeps independent journalism alive. I don't know. I don't know if, if I could limit it to three, it would be really hard. There are just too many really important, great causes to help that uh, I'd maybe give a little bit less to more charities versus more to fewer. I don't know. Three, if you could recreate any significant moment in your life, what would it be? 
Wow. Um, well, I, I'm in my mid fifties now and, um, you know, I have so many great childhood memories of being with like my grandparents and great grandparents and holidays we've spent together and my parents are gone. My grandparents, my great grandparents have all passed. I would love to go back to just a regular moment with all these people who loved me and I love being around and just, you know, sharing a meal or doing something really silly on a weekend or a road trip or a vacation or something like that would be really amazing to be able to bring them back for even a day would be awesome. Or favorite color? Red. Um, it's the school color for both my undergraduate and graduate degree. I'm wearing red. I always wear a lot of red. Um it's, you know, I just, it's a bright color. It makes me happy. It's kind of a power color. I don't know. I'm definitely a red person. Five. When you think about M&M, Mavins and Mogul, what is one thing that sets you apart? So it's Mavens and Moguls. Oh, Mavens, yes. Um, you know, I think there's a lot that sets us apart, but I think the main thing is, so, um, I am not a traditional like ad agency or uh, consulting person and neither is anyone in the business. Most times when you bring in uh, a marketing partner, these are people that come out of the service side of the business. I was always, and my colleagues were the clients in our previous lives. So I think what makes our story even more compelling is that our heads and our hearts are much more aligned with our clients than a traditional agency or consulting firm because we used to sit in their chair. So my job is not, uh, I'm not very good at PowerPoint. Um, like we're not a traditional agency in that when we come up with recommendations and when we want to help our clients, we're rolling up our sleeves and doing the work alongside them because we used to be them. And um, I think our clients find that pretty compelling because we're giving them the advice that we would have wanted when we were in their chair. And um, we're not trying to like cross sell or upsell or trying to make them dependent on us. We wanna help fix the problem and move on and do other things. I'm not trying to create a widget or productize the business so that I keep doing the same thing over and over. I want to teach my clients to fish so that they can do it without us and then hire us to come in and solve new, more interesting problems. I don't want to get into a rut and be a one-trick pony. And I think our clients really appreciate that because it's kind of a more of a non-traditional approach to having a, kind of a thinking partner and somebody with a lot of experience that can help them in a way that is very timely and relevant. And sometimes they'll come to us and say, my budget is X, how can you help me with that budget? And we may come back and say, you know, you don't even need that much money to fix what you're doing. We could do it for half the money and then you could spend the other half doing something else. And they said, wow, we didn't even know about that. That's great. You know, a traditional agency may spend all the money just to because they have the budget, but that's not the way we work because that's not the way we ran our businesses when we were on the client side. So I think that's pretty compelling. Amazing. Six, favorite candy. Oh my goodness. So I have a huge sweet tooth. Um, I like a lot of candies. Um, 
So there's a brand of chocolate that Warren Buffett owns. It's called C's Chocolate. Mm. And my grandmother used to have it. Um, and so now we they don't sell it in Boston, but I buy it online. And uh, my husband and I both, we used to live on the West Coast and it's made on the West Coast. And we still have property out there. So every time we go to the West Coast, we're buying C's. And we now during the pandemic, we've been ordering it online like continuously. <laughs> so I would say C's chocolate is pretty high on the list. Okay. Seven, coffee or tea or neither? I'd say both, but I definitely, the, I drink the most green tea. Um, that's like a daily drink for me. I'm a massive green, uh, hot green tea drinker. Um, I like it iced tea too, but I mostly drink it hot. But um, I love the taste of coffee, but I joke that I'm naturally caffeinated. So I'm not one of those people that needs to like drink coffee to wake up in the morning. I'm kind of already bouncing off the walls. But coffee for me is more like a treat. It's not like, oh, I need it to jumpstart my day. But I, I like both a lot. Eight. If you could be a fly on the wall and listen in on any conversation, what conversation are you listening into? Oh, wow. That is an amazing question. Again, okay, so I'm very nosy and very curious. So there are a million conversations I'd love to listen in on. Um, I would say, you know, there's so much happening right now politically. Um, I'm not really... a political wonk, but I would love to hear like what Vladimir, Vladimir Zelensky's conversations are like day to day. I'd be curious if, you know, again, if I had the superpower and I could understand every language fluently, you know, what is, what is going on with Vladimir Putin, Joe Biden, like world leaders. I'm just kind of fascinated with these just unbelievable problems that are almost unthinkable to solve. How are they even thinking about kind of getting through this terrible situation? I just, uh, I'm a problem solver. I like helping people. So I, I, I would love to listen in and see what they're thinking. And if I could whisper in somebody's ear and come up with some idea that might help advance the cause and, you know, create peace and just kind of, you know, get the world back on track. I would love to be able to do that, but I don't know. I mean, that's just so top of mind right now, given the state of the world. Nine, Apple or Android or hybrid? Um, I'm all Apple. And 10, our pass or play question, here are the rules. If you pass, our rules are reversed and you ask me a question. If you choose to play, I ask one last question to wrap up rapid fire, which was a little you bit can, longer. <laughs> you, can, you can ask me one more question. I, I don't know where I'd even begin with you. <laughs> so 10, what is your favorite quote or mantra? Oh, wow. Okay. So I have uh, a list on my desktop of famous quotes and it's probably 50 pages long. I'm constantly <laughs> taking uh, quotes uh, when I'm reading and I cut and paste and I save them. I don't know what I'm going to do with all these quotes. Um, there are a lot that I, that just inspire me, but one that pops into my mind that I often quote is 
people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And I think that's a really important thing to always kind of keep top of mind. You know, being smart is great, but being kind and thoughtful and showing your compassion and humanity is really what matters. I love that. And thank you for playing rapid fire with Genesis. Now let's dive into the meat and potatoes of the conversation. And this is going to probably be a little bit fast so we could be respectful of time. But I definitely want you to talk about why is personal branding in a digital age so vital right now, especially with us being in the great resignation, all the things that are happening. So first, in order to really begin the topic, I think it would be great for our audience to know what exactly is personal branding, because some people are like, oh, okay, I I know it's me, but then I know branding, but then how do they mesh the two together? So it's a great question. I think it's a really important, timely, and relevant topic. I think the mistake a lot of people make is they think if they're not LeBron James or J-Lo or uh, Lady Gaga, they think that they're not a brand, that you have to be famous to be a brand. And I hope that I will convince you in the next few minutes that that's just not the case. You don't exist today if you can't be found online. And today, you know, before somebody takes your phone call or sets up a meeting or asks you to join their podcast, they're going to check you out online. So you should really Google yourself and see what pops up because people are going to make an impression on what they find. With a name like mine or a name like yours, if they Google us, they're going to actually find us. Like they're, it's not, you know, if your name is Jane Smith or Bob Jones, you know, they're not going to know who they're looking at. But for you and me, if it, if there's some, you know, you got busted with drugs or you were involved in some, you know, bad situation, it's, it's going to show up pretty high on Google is my guess. So people need to know that, you know, you are a brand and people are going to form judgments in a split second. So how do you control that in a digital world? Because if we've learned anything during COVID, it's that your online presence matters now more than ever. You know, for the last two plus years, People have not been meeting in person as much. They're not going into places. A lot of a lot of shopping and experiences. A lot of stuff is being done on Zoom. So everything is is you know business and life is being conducted online. So your your online presence. If you have a website, if you have social media pages that are up, platforms that you're on. You really need to do kind of a communications audit and see what these things say about you. And you want to tell a consistent story across all the different touch points. So your website should have a look and feel and tone, and that should be consistent with your Facebook page, your LinkedIn profile, if you're on TikTok, if you're on Twitter, Instagram. I think where people kind of mess up is 
they try to be maybe snarky on Twitter because they think it's going to get them more followers. And then on Facebook, they want to show like all their partying and spring break and they're wearing, you know, swim trunks or a bikini or doing crazy stuff at a party, dancing, drunk, whatever. And then on LinkedIn, they want to be super professional. You can't really do that because it's very confusing. And I think you're you're going to dilute the brand that you're building because people don't know which version of you is going to show up. Um, you know, I run a professional service business, a, a marketing consulting firm, which is mostly business to business. Some of our clients are consumer products, but you know, I'm I'm selling my services to other businesses, small businesses, medium-sized businesses, nonprofits, Fortune 500. And, um, you know, they, they want to know that the person and the brand they're dealing with is one they can trust and that's offering a consistent experience. So if they're getting mixed messages and mixed signals, that's very confusing and it dilutes your brand. And I think it dilutes your, your story. So, you know, I would encourage people to Google themselves, do a communications audit, make sure you're telling a consistent story. And, you know, I think one lesson maybe coming out of the pandemic is I think the people, the leaders, the brands that have done the best job in building trust through their consistent online presence and really being who they say they are all the time, everywhere, those people are going to benefit the most in a post-pandemic world because their employees, their customers, their colleagues, their affiliates, their partners, they're going to be even more loyal after the pandemic because these are the people that got them through the really tough times. So then one thing I want to ask here that I think is so important because all the information you shared is very important, as well as Googling yourself. I love that tip because I have Googled myself. And now we keep hearing the word SEO thrown around. And for the audience, that's search engine optimization. And they say, if you're not using the proper keywords, then it's going to be hard to get ranked on Google. So when you think about personal branding and you mentioned them Googling themselves, how do they show up? Um, on Google, especially if they are being very relevant, but their content is not being seen because they're not using the appropriate keywords. So it, obviously, you know, people are in different categories, different industries. There are keyword trackers. You can use Google Analytics, which is a free tool. There are a lot of ways you can figure out what those keywords are. You can look at your competition um, and you can you know, in quotes on Google in the search bar, you can do your name in quotes and then different keywords in quotes. So I do marketing, I do branding, um, advertising, market research, um, marketing strategy. So you can look at what my name and those topics are and you can see and you can, you know, if you if you follow different blogs or you're reading regular newsletters in your industry or category, you can see the words, the, the themes that are popping up over and over and over. Personal branding, that's a big keyword. 
And, you know, the more specific you can be, the better. There's branding, there's personal branding, there's personal branding for small businesses, there's personal branding for education, there's personal branding for networking, there's, I mean, you can really dig down deeper, deeper, deeper and get very granular to make sure that you own specific phrases. And so that when people are doing searches for those phrases that, you know, you've got it in your title, you've got it in your copy, you're using it in everything consistently um, so that you get identified with that, with that collection of words, with that theme and you get quoted on it. You know, if you're out there doing a lot of thought leadership pieces, blogging, tweeting, and you're constantly reinforcing that message in everything that you do, you become highly associated with important keywords. Thank you for sharing that and the tools and the resource, because it's always good to use certain tools and resources, especially when you're not a subject matter expert in that field, because that's going to help keep you on track. And now- Let's think about collaboration because whenever you begin to cross collaborate and cross promote on other platforms, I think that helps with personal branding because not only are you being seen by your audience, but you're being seen by the audience of the person that you're collaborating with. So what are your thoughts there on collaboration? Because it is not the new competition. In my opinion, I think it is the new way to create synergies. I completely agree with you, Genesis. So one recommendation I always tell people, everybody says, do I need a blog? Should I be blogging? I keep hearing about blogs. So the thing about blogs are, if you start a blog, you have to keep it going and you have to be consistent about it. And the big mistake I see people make is they start a blog and the first week they're so excited, they're blogging like three, four or five times that week. And then the second week, they're a little bit busier and they drop one or two of the blog postings. By the end of the month, they're only blogging at most once every week or 10 days. By the second month, they only blogged once that month and then they skip the third month. And by then you've really diluted your brand again. You've got people, uh, you told them you were gonna start blogging, they start following you and then you fall off the radar. So what I always tell people, and I love the idea of collaboration and partnership, find like-minded organizations and groups and people that are already blogging and contribute to their blogs because they've already got an audience and you can chime in, you can react to the, the, the stories that they're telling, the posts that they have, and then make sure you put your contact info at the bottom And then if people want to reach out, they know how to find you, but build up your blogging credentials on another highly trafficked, like-minded blog. And then if they have a newsletter, contribute to their newsletter. You don't have to start your own newsletter, but tell them, you know, people need fresh content all the time. And you say, you know, we're talking to a lot of the same people. I'd love to send over uh, something for your newsletter next month. And, you know, they love it because that gives them a little bit of a break. So I think that's a great way to build your business strategically with like-minded audiences. And it's kind of a give and a take. You're helping them, they're helping you. 
And then you don't have all the pressure to write the entire newsletter or blog every day, every week, every month. It's just a lot. People bite off more than they chew. They don't realize that once you start this, you have to keep feeding the beast. And um, it's just, it's overwhelming. So test, you know, put your toe in the water before you jump into the deep end. I just think there there are a lot of uh, very scrappy, resourceful ways where you can get a lot more bang for your buck. Mm. Wow. Oh, those are some gems there, Paige. And then another um, thing that I think people have questions with is, how do I stay relevant in the digital age, but then how do I tap in to my ideal avatar and my client? So that's an awesome question. So as we discussed before, the world has changed in so many dramatic ways in the last two plus years. If you haven't done any market research with your core audience, uh, prospective customers, current customers, lost customers, you really need to bite the bullet and do some market research because whatever assumptions you made, I made about the world three years ago, they probably don't exist anymore. Just think about how many things in your life have changed since the pandemic started you know are you going out to eat as much do you shop in brick and mortar stores how much of your life is done online people go to school online people do virtual tours they're you know not going into an office the way they used to think about the role zoom plays i don't think i had ever had a zoom call in my life before the pandemic And now, you know, I think in in a week, I do more Zooms than I did in the the year before COVID. So I think you've got to ask really uh, direct questions and listen to what your, your customers and your perspective and lost customers are telling you about their life right now. Um, you know, it's not what you think. It's not what I think. It's what are the people that buy your product and service think? So market research needs to be at the very top of your list in terms of how do I spend my budget? It doesn't have to be expensive. You could do Zoomerang, you could do a survey monkey, you could do an online focus group, but you really need to to go on a listening tour and talk to people about what is their reality? How has their life changed? What's working? What's not working? Where are they spending their time? Where are they spending their money? What are they no longer doing? What do they need to do that they don't have time to do? Because you will find nuggets of opportunities out there. And if you're interviewing for jobs right now, the skills that are important to stay relevant today are really different. In a hybrid and virtual world, you need to be a really good communicator. You need to be adaptable and agile. You need to have a growth mindset. You know, people just, we, we are constantly pivoting. As we get information and learn, we are growing, trying new things, being more adaptable. And, you know, when you're working in an office environment, to think that we all used to go to an office every day, the skills in an office environment to be able to, you know, get promoted and lead, you know, it's a very different skill set than people who are independent, self-motivated, you know, can meet deadlines without a lot of structure and oversight. 
So the skills you need to em emphasize in your cover letter, in your interviews, are what's going to make you successful in a digital and hybrid environment, not the political skills you used to need in an office where we all worked, you know, cheek to jowl, side by side. That's a very different skill set. So those are the kind of things I would really encourage people to brush up on to stay relevant today. Mm, yes, because if you don't stay relevant, you're either going to get left behind or lost with the times because people are not going to be able to connect with you. They're not going to know how you could be a solution to the problem that they're having. And right. they don't know what your offer is because there's nothing in a digital space that tells them who you are, what you're providing, and et cetera. And people are going to buy based on no like, and trust factors. So really think about that. And remember, it's better to progress than have perfection because you could always fine tune things later on. And Paige, as we're winding down, I want you to share one last sentiment regarding this topic it, based on anything that I didn't ask you that you think would be a great value to add. Well, I mean, I think it was a really good discussion and I hope there are a lot of nuggets in there. And I hope that over the last half hour, I've convinced you that you better start thinking of yourself as a brand. And there are a lot of things that are in your control that you have to just be strategic about it, be thoughtful and take the initiative. Because if you don't define yourself, the world is going to define you instead. And you are the one that can control your own narrative. And you do it by being proactive, setting up a consistent story that, you know, permeates all the touch points online and that you live that brand every day, that you're constantly reinforcing the message. And the, the last little nugget I'll leave you with is think about it in terms of what one, two, or at most three things do you want to stand for and be known for? You can't be known for everything. It's it again, it gets it muddies the water and it dilutes the message pick, you know, I want to be known as the one stop shop for a marketing resource, I will be your marketing partner. If you have a marketing problem, I want you to think of me first. So pick up the phone, drop an email and say, Paige, I've got a marketing problem. I hear you're really good at this stuff. Can you help me? And that's the, like, I'm not saying I'm going to do A, B, C, D and E. Yeah, I've. I've done HR, I've done sales, I've done management, but you can't be an expert in everything. So pick the, the really most important things and constantly reinforce it in everything that you do so that, you know, you break through that, you know, you own that real estate in people's brains. Thank you for sharing that, Paige. And let's jump into the call to action. Is there a specific call to action that you have for the audience? And if not, please plug your website and where they could connect with, with you on social media. So my call to action is um, go check yourself out online. I want you to go Google yourself. It's not an egotistical thing. Just do it. See what pops up. And, you know, if you find out there's a serial killer that has your name or some porn star or something crazy, at least realize when you're trying to set up meetings with people, when you're being introduced, it's a talking point. You can make a joke of it. Well, if you Googled me, you may find out there was a serial, serial killer 
that shares my name. Well, that's not me. We're not related, but let me send you to my LinkedIn profile so you can find me and learn more about me and not the serial killers. So it just shows you've got a sense of humor that you're, again, very relevant, that you get how things work in the digital age. So um, that's my call to action. I just think everyone, you know, needs to just take a fresh look with a fresh pair of eyes after this discussion and see how you clean up online, you know, does your Facebook, your Twitter, your LinkedIn, and by the way, you don't need to be on every single platform. You can pick one or two that are the most authentic to you and stick to those. For me, LinkedIn is my main priority. It's a professional website for my clients, for my audience. LinkedIn is absolutely the right social media platform because I can set myself up as an expert and a thought leader. I can post content. And that to me is a priority. I don't need a Facebook page. That's not where my clients are going to find me. So do what's right for you and don't worry what everyone else is doing. But if you want to find me, the two best places to go are my company website, mavensandmoguls.com, M-A-V-E-N-S-A-N-D-M-O-G-U-L-S.com, or LinkedIn, and it's P Arnoff Fenn, P-A-R-N-O-F-F-E-N-N. My last name is hyphenated, but if, if you look for me on LinkedIn, it's really me, but it's P Arnoff Fenn, uh, or actually, no, sorry, it's Paige Arnoff Fenn, all one word, P-A-I-G-E-A-R-N-O-F-F-E-N-N. But if you Google me, you'll find me. As one of my clients said to me, because my, the name of my company has uh, got an ampersand and my last name is hyphenated. She couldn't remember all the words and she Googled page and mavens and she found me right away because of search engine optimization. So um, if you are looking for me, I don't think you'll have trouble finding me. Amazing. And thank you so much, Paige, for coming on as a guest. Audience, all of Paige's contact information will be in the show notes. So just scroll on down, read and tap in with her. Don't forget to like, comment and subscribe. We're on 40 plus platforms. You could also see all things video on our YouTube channel, which is at Gems with Genesis Amaris Kemp. And I want to thank each one of you for continuing to support the mission of the show, which is to bring topics that are educational, inspirational, and motivational, while we also weave in diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging. And because of you and your continuous support, we are now ranked in the top 2% globally out of 2.8 million podcasts per www.listennotes.com. And that brings me to my ask is we're looking for brand sponsors to continue to help spread the mission. So if that is you, space is limited, head on over to genesisamarskemp.net to find out more information or send me an email at genesisamarskemp at gmail.com. Until next time, peace love, and lots of blessings. Have yourself an amazing day. Thank you for listening to another segment of GEMS Podcast. Hope you enjoyed this recording. Make sure you like, comment, share, and subscribe to GEMS Podcast on your audio platform, as well as our YouTube channel, GEMS with Genesis Mars Kemp. We would love for you to be a sponsor, so please reach out via email at gems g-e-m-s with w-i-t-h genesis 
G E N E S I S Amaris A M A R I S Kemp K E M P at gmail.com where your brand, your swag, your services can be here on Gems Podcast.